It is Friday, September 8th, 2023, and this is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. Today, music as a reflection of our times. I knew I felt compelled to write about it, and um, usually lyrics and melodies come together for me, um, come at one time, and um, that, yeah, that just popped into my head. Mobley performs tonight in Bentonville, and we talk with him about his music and his high-energy shows. Plus, the riverfront in Fort Smith will not have a new cell tower. The board this Tuesday, of course, the board of directors, uh, reversed the Planning Commission decision, which essentially blocks construction of this tower. Michael Tilley reviews the week's news with us, and an Arkansas-specific Tiny Desk concert series includes the artist Sun Sun. One of my biggest inspirations is um, this act called Mount Erie, uh, and I thought that was cool, like like a pseudonym that's not really like a name. First, the news from NPR. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art invites art enthusiasts to register for portrait photography with Meredith Mashburn, an eight-week workshop designed for those 55-plus who wish to learn photography and hone their skills creating powerful portraits. Classes September 11th through October 30th. Supplies included, no experience required. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. Support for KUAF is provided by the Scott Family Amazium, hosting Tinkerfest, Saturday, September 23rd. The Amazium invites guests to create and experience hands-on activities that inspire curiosity and innovation for all ages, like deconstructing a real car. Tickets and information at amazium.org. This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, September 8th, 2023. This is 91.3 KUAF, your public radio station. We are a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. I'm Kyle Kellams. With me on the phone from his Fort Smith office is Michael Tilley, who is with Talk Business and Politics. Michael, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. Let's get into, you know, the past few weeks or months, we've had some conversations about what's going to appear or is appearing on the riverfront in Fort Smith. There's the U.S. Marshals Museum. There is the, uh, the, the, the School for the Arts. There is possibly the Children's Museum. Let's talk about something that apparently is not going to be on the riverfront, and that's a cell tower. Yeah, not near as exciting. No. Uh, but, yes, uh, um, the Fort Smith Planning Commission had approved um, what's essentially a 15-story commercial communication tower near the Arkansas River, more toward the north part of the city, near the Gerber facility, the OK Foods corporate office, for people who are familiar with that part. Um, But there was some growing pressure um, to not allow that construction. Um, And so there were some uh, citizens showed up, some other folks showed up, and um, the board this Tuesday, for some board of directors, uh, reversed the Planning Commission decision, which essentially blocks construction of this tower. Now, um, there were two telecom companies kind of fighting over it. There was one telecom company that already has a tower uh, on the Van Buren side that was saying we can cover it. And if anyone's familiar with the geography, that tower is on that hill, that Van Buren hill that overlooks Fort Smith. Um, AT&T wanted the tower. I'm not going to get into the market dynamics of whether the tower was needed or the negotiations between these two telecoms. What is interesting is that, um, you know, for the last several years, maybe even as far back as 10 years, the Fort Smith board and its different 
even with its different members, um, has been putting a lot of uh, talk and even money um, into this concept of developing a riverfront. You know, they renamed Clayton Expressway Riverfront Drive, and they've done a lot of other things. Put a park there, um, improved infrastructure, several things. So I knew this was coming, and I was kind of curious. To, and and I don't want to make too much of this. I can, and I'm also um, somewhat reluctant to to praise the city of Fort Smith because as soon as I do, they'll do something to jeopardize that um, <laughs> praise or my optimism in their um, in, in what they're doing. But I was curious if they were going to kind of stick to their guns because they've said. You know, we want to make sure the riverfront is, you know, visually appealing, commercially appealing. We want people to come down. And um, and not that we don't want cell towers. We all use cell phones. And we know that infrastructure is needed. Right. Um, but it was interesting to see the Forsyth Board, you know, it was a five-to-one vote, um, reject the tower. So, uh, again, I don't want to make too much of it, but it's interesting, um, pleasantly so, to see the board continue to be to, to show uh, an interest in making sure the riverfront is is um, I don't want to say pristine that's not the right word but is is um, as appealing uh, for future development uh, as possible the Fort Smith board also passed a resolution that um, agrees with a settlement with the 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 Federal Department of Justice the EPA it's eight hundred thousand dollars which sounds like a lot of money but isn't as much of a penalty as it could have been. Do I have that right? Yeah, you you do have that correct. Um, the initial penalty was uh, two two point three million, almost uh, two point three four million. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know. You radio stars probably make a lot of money, but to me, that's a lot of money. Uh-huh. Um, but the city and it was related to some overflows, sanitary sewer, sanitary sewer overflows, which that's a fancy word for you know what coming out of the ground. Um, so, um, and this happened, um, these overflows happened between 2015 and 2021. And if you remember, there was some of that back in 2019 where we had flooding, right. um, you know, historic flooding and that pushed, created a water issue, water flow issue. Um, and then right on top of that, we went into COVID. So, the city has kind of been working with DOJ and EPA saying, look, you know, we normal circumstances. Yeah, we get it. But these last four or five years have been anything but normal. And so kudos to the city. They were able to get that down to $800,000 penalty. That's still a lot of money. I think the lesson here, though, is sometimes I think the citizens of Fort Smith, you know, if it's not top of mind, if it's not something you see all the time, you don't remember that we're under a consent decree that's a federal order that you know it's serious i mean um the city's going to spend anywhere from 600 700 who knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars to address the consent decree and it's not going away until it gets addressed um and so this is somewhat of a reminder should be a reminder to all citizens especially ratepayers um, that the federal government is serious about the city of Fort Smith getting its act together in terms of water, a um, an adequate water and sewer system for all parts of the city. So I think that's uh, the lesson learned there. Um, thankfully, it wasn't a two point three million dollar hit. Mm. Eight hundred thousand still quite a quite a bit, and 
um, hopefully that's the hopefully that's that will be the end of any uh, penalty negotiation. But still, much more money to be spent to make the required improvements. Right. I understand the EPA being involved with this, right? Environmental Protection Agency. You've got water infrastructure problems. Why the DOJ? Well, they're the enforcement mechanism. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you uh, you don't want to. Um, I mean, the EPA can issue fines and that kind of thing, but the Department of Justice um, came in to uh, really to be the enforcement agency. All right. Uh, construction is still taking place throughout the Fort Smith region, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Um, even, again, we've talked about what higher rates. Uh, we've seen higher interest rates uh, put a damp, uh, put a damp, uh, damper on home sales in the area. We talked about that, I think, last week. But construction continues in the Fort Smith metro. We look at uh, Fort City, Fort Smith, City of Greenwood, and Van Buren. Um, and through the first eight months of the year, those cities uh, are at $408 million, uh, in combined building permit values. That's up almost 30% compared to the same period last year. Um, I kind of ran a little by-month tally. Um, all of last year, the, last year again, and keep in mind, last year was a record. Four hundred and eighty point three million for those three, combined for those three cities, uh, which blew past the previous record of three hundred forty three million. So these this thirty percent gain is on top of what was an amazing record last year. So last year, roughly if you, the uh, average per month building permit value for the whole year was forty million last year during that record year. So far this year, for the first eight months, the average monthly permit value for the three cities is 51 million. So that gives you a sense of how much more construction is going on. Wow. Um, and you can't say that inflation accounts for all of that. Inflation is not uh, up 30%. Um, it is up and it is account for some of it, but we're just seeing big gain. We're still seeing um, gains in residential growth. We're seeing gains in commercial growth. Um, the only city that's seeing a decline is Van Buren. But remember, Van Buren last year had a, had a record year uh, because of all the Simmons food construction, and there was a school project. That's not – so they're up against some pretty tough comparisons. Their uh, permit uh, numbers are down uh, 62% through, through August this year, but um, it's still still the healthy activity over there that, that they're just being compared to what was a record year. But um, it's – you know – this is still a good sign for the Fort Smith metro economy that uh, people are still swinging hammers. And we watch this industry because, as you know, it's not just about building stuff. I mean, it trickles through the economy. You have design companies, hardware companies, people, these folks have that their building houses have to eat. So um, a robust construction sector uh, helps the overall economy. Michael Tilly, you can read about all of this and so much more at talkbusiness.net. We'll talk again next Friday. How's that, Michael? That sounds like a plan to me. I appreciate it. This weekend, the strike in Hollywood rolls on. What's the effect on other industries there? Also, COVID in the White House, the latest from the campaign trail, and baseball's moments. That's a fly ball beat the left. Back, back. That's it. That's it. A book of moments and memories. All that and more Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News.
Labor, COVID, and Baseball on Weekend Edition Saturday with Scott Simon. Tomorrow morning from 7 until 9 on 91.3 KUAF. And later on our show, musician Sun Sun is our first guest in a series of conversations with participants in an Arkansas-based Tiny Desk concert series. All the people in my family are, are musically inclined in some way. Um, and my brother and my dad, uh, they play guitar and write music and stuff like that. So I've been playing for nine or ten years. Sun Sun and more about Arkansas's Tiny Desk in about 15 minutes on this Friday edition of Ozarks at Large. Every day at KUAF, we ask questions. That's a good question. I think right now... Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good question. I, oh, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, I th- so... That's a good question, and I wish I had more data for you. But. Yeah, it's a good, really good question, like how it's different. Yes, yeah. that is a terrific question. Asking the questions that matter to get you the answers you need. You can help keep Public Radio curious when you donate. Give online at supportkuaf.com. And thanks. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. Thanks so much for being with us on this Friday. A special session of the Arkansas State Legislature is being called. It was announced earlier today by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. The session begins Monday. Talk Business and Politics reports one of the proposed bills during the session aims to restrict documents available under the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. The governor says Arkansas has some of the most transparent FOIA laws in the country, and she says the planned reforms will not change that. But some are weaponizing FOIA and taking advantage of our laws to hamper state government and enrich themselves. They don't care about transparency. They want to waste taxpayer dollars slow down our bold conservative agenda, and frankly, put my family's lives at stake. The governor says a man from Oklahoma was recently arrested and pleaded guilty for threatening to murder her family. Talk Business obtained a draft version of the bill that shows a plan to exempt records around the planning or provision of security services or travel provided to the governor, executive branch, state agency, interagency, and intra agency memos or letters, as well as communications and documents reflecting advisory opinions, recommendations, and deliberations around governmental decisions and policies that are formulated. The draft legislation also has a, quote, retroactivity clause that would qualify new exemptions to FOIA requests dating back to January 1st of 2022. The governor has been the target of FOI request regarding her usage of the Arkansas State Police's plane and state police personnel. Matt Campbell, an attorney from Little Rock, filed numerous requests with the Arkansas State Police about travel expenses and passenger lists, primarily surrounding her trip to Europe in a trade mission. The Arkansas State Police did not fully comply with those those requests, which led to Campbell filing his lawsuit. Representative David Ray Mommel is the lead sponsor of the proposed legislation of the FOIA restrictions and will be a guest on Capitol View this weekend. He'll be joined by Sonny Alvarado, editor-in-chief of Arkansas Advocate and a member of the Arkansas FOIA Task Force. Mount Sequoia is wanting to open a new commercial coffee shop. The nonprofit Mount Sequoia Center is currently working on rezoning plans to allow commercial mixed-use development on the grounds. Jesse Masters is development review manager in Fayetteville's planning division. A portion that's about 0.14 acres that they intend to use as just a small commercial coffee shop. But they are requesting the Neighborhood Services General Zoning District for that area. So that would allow some limited business Uh, within that zoning district. The district is intended to be a walkable 
pedestrian-oriented neighborhood development. The original rezoning plan at Mount Sequoia was more expansive, but local residents pushed back. The revised plan is scheduled to come before the Fayetteville Planning Commission on October 9th. Arkansas Attorney General Tim Griffin is asking to appeal a lower court decision, which struck down the state's first-in-the-nation ban on gender-affirming care for transgender minors. Earlier this year, U.S. District Judge James Moody struck down Arkansas's law, which would have prohibited minors from accessing gender-affirming treatments like puberty blockers and hormone therapy. After hearing two weeks of arguments, Moody ruled the law was unconstitutional. Attorney General Griffin is asking the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to hear the case again. In 2021, the same court upheld a lower court injunction blocking the law. And the 7th-ranked Arkansas Razorback soccer team is now 3-2-1 and one after losing to number 9 in the country, Clemson, 1-0 last night in a match played in South Carolina. Arkansas will next open SEC play, that at Tennessee, one week from tonight. The next home match for the Razorbacks a week from Sunday when they host Grand Canyon. Walton Arts Center's 10 by 10 Art Series begins Sunday, September 10th at 7 p.m. with Scythian, Ukraine to Appalachia. This foursome brings Celtic, Eastern European, and Appalachian influences together with technical precision, telling musical stories steeped in various folk traditions. Tickets and information at waltonartscenter.org. This is Ozarks at Large. With me on the phone from her office in Bella Vista. I think you're in Bella Vista today. Is that correct? I am. Very good. Becca Martin-Brown, who is the arts and entertainment editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Becca, if I was looking for fun this weekend, could I stay in Northwest Arkansas on the Arkansas River Valley? You absolutely could. But if I could go anywhere that I wanted to, uh-huh. I'd go to Little Rock. It is... Time for the Arkansas Comic Con. Over the years, these Comic Cons have really become more and more expansive about what is included in a Comic Con. This one is huge and has, okay, let's see. They have William Shatner, Christopher Lloyd, Jonathan Frakes, Hall of Fame wrestlers like Lex Luger, voice actors like Jim Cummings, who is Winnie the Pooh. Oh. They have a replica of the Pontiac Firebird Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit, and they have local groups like the Star Wars-inspired 501st Legion and the Central Arkansas Ghostbusters. Well, how do we get to Comic-Con? You go to the Statehouse Convention Center mm-hmm. starting at 3 o'clock today. They will be there 3 to 8 today, 10 to 6 tomorrow, and 11 to 5 on Sunday. Tickets are $80 for the weekend or $25 for today, $40 for Saturday, $35 for Sunday. You can find out more at ArkansasComicCon.com. Or go to the River Valley, because something's going to happen there that's never happened before. And that is? The Fort Smith Symphony is kicking off the celebration of its 100th birthday season. With a commissioned piece, no less. A commissioned piece of music by Patrick Conlon, who is their principal second violin. And afterward, you can go across the street to the bakery district and you can go to the free party they have there after every concert. Or you can go to the anniversary gala where they'll have food and music by symphony musicians and tickets for that are $75 on top of your concert ticket, which starts at $25. Or Sunday night, you can go to the Walton Arts Center for the first in this year's 10 by 10 series. Meaning tickets are just $10. Exactly. 
this group is so fun. Okay, my sister heard them last year at either Scott Fest in Oklahoma or Rocklahoma. I think it was Scott Fest. So that tells you something. That they could play, they could be billed on both of those very different festivals. Exactly. They're called Scythian. The two principal musicians are first-generation Americans from Ukrainian parents. So they grew up playing music, classical music, until one of the brothers decided he was done with that and he was going to play folk music. And he stuck the other brother in. They're numbers six and eight of ten children. There you go. So he stuck the other one in. They started playing Celtic folk music. And now they play all over the country and all around the world playing their version based in traditional folk music with what they call an edge. So go to the Walton Art Center Sunday night, listen to the music. Show starts at 7 and tickets are $10. Tomorrow's Chaffee Crossing Farmers and Artisans Market in Fort Smith. Car and truck show, more than 170 vendors, starts at 8 a.m., Ah, tomorrow is the Rock Swap, hosted by the Northwest Arkansas Gem and Mineral Society from 10 to 4. It's at their clubhouse at the corner of Arkansas 43 and Lawless Road, north of Salem Springs. I love that thing. And come back Sunday and check out what's up, because Monica Hooper has a story about Six, the season opener for the Broadway season at the Walton Art Center. The Six Wives of Henry VIII have a lot to say. Yeah, yes, they do. And check out the Sunday profile, too, because it's a topic close to my heart. April Wallace has written about the Learning Center based in Berryville, Mm. which serves children and adults with disabilities. Becca Martin-Brown is the arts and entertainment editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, visits with us almost every Friday. I'll tell you what, let's do it again next Friday. What a great idea. See you, guys. It's the Community Spotlight Week in Review here on Ozarks at Large. I'm Pete Hartman. This short week, we heard from Angie Albright with the Shiloh Museum of Ozark History. Tomorrow, Saturday, September 9th, Shiloh Museum will host the 45th annual Ozark Quilt Fair with displays and activities spread all over the museum grounds. So that's kind of fun to think about 45 years in the 55-year history. We cover the history of six counties of the Arkansas Ozarks, so we do a lot of regional history and think about all the things that have happened in the Ozarks in the last 20 years, then go back a couple hundred years, and then a 1,000, 2,000 years. So uh, people think that the Ozarks aren't all that interesting, but there's been a lot going on in the six-county region. We're about to open an exhibit of historic photographs from the CCC from Devil's Den, as this is the 90th anniversary of of Devil's Den State Park. So we're excited about that. September 9th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the 45th annual Ozark Quilt Fair. Of course, you know, I'm sure there's going to be many quilts displayed. These can and often do tell a story sometimes, don't they, from one panel to the other? That's absolutely true. Those sewing traditions and quilting traditions, some form of that takes place in all different kinds of communities and different populations. And even new quilts uh, can also tell a story. And people love to reuse and recycle fabric. So like the quilt my grandmother made me, and I recognize the pieces of fabric from dresses she made for my mom and things like that. Um, So sometimes it's a deeply personal story and sometimes it's history. 
Uh, real quickly, uh, physical address. We're at 118 West Johnson Avenue in Springdale. We're just a block off of the historic downtown Springdale. Activities will run tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and you can find out all the information at the website shilohmuseum.org. The Arkansas Single Parent Scholarship Fund is now accepting applications for the spring 2024 semester. On Wednesday, I spoke with Jen Para over the phone. She's communications director with ASPSF and is in Little Rock. She began by explaining that the SPSF began here in northwest Arkansas, then expanded throughout the state. So I'm with the statewide organization based in Little Rock, but we give scholarships to just about every county in Arkansas to single parents to help them uh, get through school and support them with, you know, workshops and development skills and, and stuff like that. So I do have to do a shout out to our sister organization, the Single Parent Scholarship Fund of Northwest Arkansas. So if there are any listeners here in Benton, Washington, Madison, or Carroll counties, we have a very similar application process, but you'll want to apply through their organization. Everyone else, including in the River Valley with Fort Smith and the West area there, come apply through us for up to $1,600 for full-time students enrolled at trade schools, community colleges, universities, and we'll get you that money. It's a flexible scholarship check that you can use to pay for anything that gets in the way of your education. So it can go to tuition and books, but it also can help pay for a laptop, grocery bills, or shoes for your growing kids, anything that will will help you get through school. And then we pair that with support services. We really try to connect you with the resources to help you be successful and get your diploma or certificate. We like to say we're more than a check. It's it's a family. It's a support system. And so many people, yes, they come to us because they need that money. That financial assistance is key. But to help you know, navigate that complex higher education system, how to write a resume, how to go and be uh, successful in an interview, like those are key processes that we help teach low and moderate income single parents to help them find a high paying job that supports their family as well as, you know, inspire the next generation. We want your children to go to college, become and join the professional workforce as well. Jen Para with the Arkansas Single Parent Scholarship Fund. She spoke to us from Little Rock. If you are outside of the Northwest Arkansas area, you can apply for those scholarships at ASPSF.org slash apply now. ASPSF.org. Applications will be open through September. And just this morning, we heard from longtime friends of KUAF, Leslie and Jeff Olsner. Leslie is a longtime member and founder of Harmonia, an all-women vocal group that has had a long history in our community. Jeff is also a musician, and they'll feature those talents September 19th during a book release event that will help to support a group known as the Wild Foundation. Here's Jeff. And the Wild Foundation, for the last 30 years or so, has been involved in helping different countries, policymakers, and individuals, too, to bring forward different initiatives to preserve wilderness Mm -hmm. all over the world. And, you know, if we're going to have a planet where things are functioning in balance, we're going to need as much undisturbed land as possible. So that's the mission of the Wild Foundation. That's Jeff Olsner. We'll bring Leslie Olsner in here. Leslie, of course, again, with the group known as Harmonia. And I want you to kind of remind those listeners who may be new to the area, uh, this group's been around for a while. 
Right. In fact, I started Harmonia 27 years ago, to my amazement. We were really doing it for our own enjoyment, and then we began to get asked to perform. It is called Attunements for the Earth. That is the book Harmonia and Jeff will be performing during this September 19th event. Maybe somebody can't make it out that night, but they want to see where they get their book. How could they get the book? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question because although I am going to be selling the book that night, it's also true that you can get the book free at jeffolsner.com. G-E-O-F-F-O-E-L-S-N-E-R. I want everybody to have it that wants it, so it's there as an e-book. Again, this event, Tuesday, September 19th, we'll have Harmonia, we'll have Jeff. Um, This is taking place up on uh, Mount Sequoia, correct? It's an interesting spot. It's roughly across the street from the Big Cross, Vesper Point, and we'll be getting started at 630. And and we're going to do a short one. We'll end at 7.45, give people a chance to enjoy a Tuesday evening. Okay. That's Jeff Olsner, Leslie Olsner. Leslie, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be a fun evening. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. A few of the voices from your community heard on the Community Spotlight this week here on KUAF Public Radio. My name's Pete Hartman. You can send me an email. That's pete at kuaf.com. Join me next week as we feature even more voices from your community on the Community Spotlight, where your voice matters. This is Ozarks at Large. For the next several weeks, we're celebrating Arkansas musicians who submitted entries into NPR's latest Tiny Desk Contest. The celebration, coordinated in conjunction with our partners at Little Rock Public Radio, will culminate with performances from some of those artists on October 13th in Little Rock. More about that later. During the next six weeks on Ozarks at Large, Sophia Narani and Robert Bishop will talk with some of the musicians, including this week. Dozens of Arkansas musicians entered the 2023 NPR Tiny Desk Contest, a nationwide search for unsigned talent. Arkansas's three NPR member stations collaborated on a series of conversations with the artists who entered this year's contest. Here's KUAF's Robert Bishop. This is Robert Bishop, KUAF's music manager, and I am joined by Kenneth Floyd, a.k.a. Sun Sun. Thanks for being here, bud. Of course. And so I got to ask, the name... Sun Sun. Yeah. And that's S-U-N-S-O-N. Yes, yes. Where did that come from? Um, so I think as I was sort of getting into making music and releasing my music, I uh, sort of wanted to separate myself from what I was, you know, writing and stuff like that. Um, and one of my biggest inspirations is um, this act called Mount Erie. Uh, and I thought that was cool, like like a pseudonym that's not really like a name. It's mm-hmm. just sort of a thing. A lot of my inspiration also comes from like the natural world, introspective sort of connecting myself to nature, like the human experience and stuff like that. Um, so I thought, you know, these two words that, you know, sun, which is the sun in the sky, and then sun, which is, you know, a human with a father, um, I thought that was just interesting connecting those two. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I kind of feel like there's there's so many band names, there's so many artists, but I really like that one. You know, kind of going you. through, dip, you know, various lists all the time. It kind of gets stale, but that mm. one just is like, like catchy in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to your song, People, mm-hmm. um, and 
you know, I wanted to ask, is there any, is there a story behind that or, or why is it called People? Um, well, the, the first, so the working title was actually Toad um, because I, you know, sometimes I write a song and I think about the, the name later. Um, and that was just sort of a, what came to my mind first. But um, as I was making the album, I, um, I, I sort of found like a connection between the songs that I was writing where, like I said earlier, it was a lot about like the human condition and um, just the experience of living and stuff like that. Um, and a huge theme of that song is death and how that relates to life and stuff like that. And it's just such a universal thing that everybody feels. Um, so I thought naming it People really sort of emphasized what the song was about, which was just, you know, people. Mm -hmm. And was there a reason that you you maybe chose that one for the Tiny Desk competition, or you just liked that one? or I think I, I, I just I like it quite yeah. a bit. And, like, other people have said that they really enjoy it. Um, and I think it, it might be some of my best writing mm -hmm. that I've ever done. So I, I really wanted to showcase that. Yeah, yeah as soon as I played your video i was immediately hooked because it kind of gave me this and i hope this is a compliment this nick drake vibe mm -hmm. yeah. um and I, I really love the way you play your guitar have you been playing for a long time or yeah um my so all all the people in my family are are musically inclined in some way um and my brother and my dad uh they play guitar and write music and stuff like that so i've been playing for nine or ten years okay. um and it's just you know when you're a part of my family it's sort of like a given that you got to have some musical yeah. talent. so yeah. so do y'all do like family jams or what's the me and my brother do okay uh sometimes me and my dad do but not that much uh but yeah me and my brother we're constantly uh you know trading songs back and forth and like what do you think about this and and stuff like that it's it's very cool so are they both guitar players as well yeah as, okay yeah. any any percussionist in the family for a full band uh no okay. not unfortunately right. not so um what's the name of the album that this is on uh so this album is called um friends in high places okay um and yeah that that sort of came from uh me just thinking about um growing up um and you know the people that have been with me for so long um and their you know uh influence on me um and my songwriting process and just who I am as a person um so yeah that it's it's sort of like a um i guess a shout out to okay. to those people yeah um could you tell me about your connection to the state uh, well, I grew up here all, all my life. Um, I lived in Conway for uh, the first half, about eight years. Um, and then uh, we moved up to Fayetteville um, in 2012, I believe. Um, so I've always felt a really deep connection to the state. Um, I've, you know, I, I love the, um, the, the natural part of it. Like I go on hikes all the time. I've floated the buffalo so many times. Um, and I just think that Arkansas just has such this sense of community, especially up in Northwest Arkansas, um, that, you know, you don't really feel anywhere else. Um, everybody's sort of, uh, you know, it, 
Fayetteville's not a small town, but you, you do feel a connection to other mm-hmm. people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I feel such a, a sense of home here. Yeah. I agree with you. I've, I've moved around the state and there is a, a, a deep sense of community here mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, well, does that kind of, you know, that the nature and, and the community at large and, and your family, are you, I guess, are you writing about what you're experiencing or are you, or are you writing about what you'd like to experience? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I think it might be a bit of both, um, because some of the new stuff that I'm working on, um, sort of focuses on like, uh, past memories and stuff like that. And, you know, whether it be of family or friends or relationships, um, I think definitely a lot of my, f- uh, family experience, um, influences me and a lot of, you know, the friends that I both have now and, um, have since, you know, parted ways with, um, all these sort of experiences sort of culminate into one idea that I try to articulate in as many ways as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, I do sometimes when I write sort of put myself into a world or uh, a position that, you know, I'm not in. Um, and I think that that really helps in, you know, uh, creating like an atmosphere and stuff like that. So yeah, I would definitely say a bit of both, but more of, you know, what I truly experience in the moment. So you said you're working on stuff now. Do you have a new album in the works or are you just always kind of writing? Uh, I do have a new album in the works, but I am just constantly writing. Um, whether it be, you know, I'm driving and I just think of something or I sit down and I, I write something. Um, I'm constantly coming up with new ideas and coming up with different ways to, um, you know, bring those ideas out. Uh, but yeah, the album that I'm working on right now is called Watercolors, um, and it's coming out soon. I don't have you know okay. an exact release yeah. date, but yeah. So when you pl- when you play around the area, where do you usually play? Um, there's uh, this cafe. It's called uh, Six Twelve, I think. Um, that might that might be the yeah yeah. Uh, and they have an open mic um, mm-hmm. every first Tuesday and Thursday and last Tuesday and Thursday of the month. Okay. Um, so I play I play there pretty often. Um, uh, my friend's mom actually uh, runs a club, and she's having an open mic soon. So, and and I'll play there, but yeah, just a lot of open mics and stuff like that. Nothing too big. So, yeah. Nice. Well, um, if people are looking to like, listen to your music, where, where would they go to find it? Uh, on Spotify under sun, sun, um, well, any, anywhere that, uh, any streaming service, um, and also on Bandcamp, um, Instagram, it's sun, sun dot music. Um, and YouTube, I believe it's the same. Um, there's links on on everything you okay. can. Yeah. So, what prompted you to enter NPR's Tiny Desk concert? Um, well, I I've always loved the Tiny Desk concert. Like, um, I've you know I've watched so many, um, and 
as you know growing up playing music and listening to music um, I've always dreamed of you know going to Tiny Desk or um, doing like a Nardwar interview stuff like that just mm-hmm. all these all these things that um, you know I see these big musicians do um, and I remember when I turned 18 I was like this is finally my chance um, so I did it and uh, my well actually my friend um, she sent me the link um, to you know sign up and everything so I did that and uh, just like the sense of community and the support that I felt was just incredible um, and it's nothing like I'd ever experienced before um, so yeah it was it was just a, a thing that I'd wanted to do for a long time and once I did it it was you know it's it's more than I could have ever imagined man I'm glad to hear that well, I've been talking with Sun Sun, S-U-N-S-O-N, uh, about his tiny desk entry. Uh, thanks for being here, and I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah. All right, man. See you next time. See you. Three Arkansas favorites are set to grace the stage chosen by our panel of judges from over 40 entries. Get ready for performances by Common Roots, a folk ensemble from Fayetteville, Lead Pipe Conservatory Band, a folk pop band from Harrison, and Ethel Tamara featuring Concrete Rose, an R&B band from Helena, West Helena. Join us on Friday, October 13th at 6 p.m. at the Hall in Little Rock for Arkansas Tiny Desk Contest 2023. For tickets, visit littlerockpublicradio.org. The next five Fridays, we'll continue to talk with artists who are part of the Arkansas Tiny Desk Contest 2023, including Common Roots, Randall Shreve, and Ashton Barbary. This is Ozarks at Large, and just ahead, another musician, Mobley. He splits his time between Austin and Chicago, but he's performing in Bentonville tonight. It's not May 4th, as in May the 4th be with you, but we're going to talk a little Star Wars, aren't we, Ryan Versi? We're going to talk a little Star Wars, Kyle. How are you today? I'm great. And you, we're going to make uh, five pairs of people happy because they're going to go see Empire Strikes Back with live orchestration. Yep. And that's going to be at the Amp with Sona, Symphony of Northwest Arkansas. So that's pretty much guaranteed to be a great show. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have five winners here. All right. Um Apologies in advance for the mispronunciations I'm expecting. Haley Zerbel, Ann Hunderick, John Rambo, Lynn Mead, and Amanda Bailey, who I think I know exactly who that is. So, hey, Amanda. All right. They're all getting more a than pair of tickets. a pair yes. of tickets. So those 10 folks will be there. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. I have a rather embarrassing confession to make. And that is? I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Well, that's not embarrassing. It kind of is. But the thing no. is, I've seen enough other movies and TV shows that I under, thoroughly understand all the references. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I can have like almost a full conversation about Star Wars and not feel left out. All right. We'll have um, more tickets to give away soon, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm, going to, I'm getting ready to put up a few things. I think the format fest giveaway is still up okay and i've had people reach out to me about that one so that's oh, yeah, gonna be one of the bigger ones all right um enter as soon as you can yeah that giveaway is gonna end rather soon so i'll be back here in this seat mm, i think in about a week or so we'll be right here awesome ryan versi underwriting director at kof thank you much thank you 
In the background is saxophonist Tim Armacost doing Lynn's tune, and I'm Robert Ginsberg, your host for Shades of Jazz. On this edition of the show, we will hear more from Tim. He'll be performing at Walton Arts Center on September 30th. We'll also hear from John Coltrane, Chet Baker, Johnny Griffin, Irene Krall, and much more. Tune into Shades of Jazz every Friday and Saturday, right here on KUAF. Musician, producer, and songwriter Mobley is performing in Bentonville tonight. He's a guest of Sonic Guild, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting local music. The organization, formerly known as Black Fret, has chapters in northwest Arkansas, Austin, and Seattle. Tonight's show at the Meteor Guitar Gallery in downtown Bentonville is free, but does require an RSVP. You can obtain that through Eventbrite. Just look for Sonic Guild's NWA Sessions. Yesterday afternoon, Mobley came to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio, and part of our conversation was about this song, Stay Volk, which quickly conjures up images of the march of white supremacists in Charleston, South Carolina, a few years ago. Just for the light The only thing we're all just too uptight And everybody knows they've got the right Cold passions roam in your factions No taste for facts The old days are back Yesterday, while he was here, I asked Mobley about writing that song and writing those first four lines. Those four lines actually were the very first thing I wrote, and it was like, that I have a song, and now I just have to finish it. Yeah. I love that fourth line, which has this sort of, the way I perceive it as the listener, this sort of eye roll, yeah, right, we all know they have the right. Yeah. We, we'll hear that. Yeah. 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 Um, you said you, those were the first four lines. Did those come quickly? Yeah, yeah, those came uh, immediately. Um, I think it was like maybe the next day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, I knew I felt compelled to write about it, and um, usually lyrics and melodies come together for me, um, come at one time, and um, that yeah, that just popped into my head. And then, I mean, if if people listen to work tape, you'll hear how many different mm-hmm. iterations of the chorus I, I, I went through. Uh, but um, yeah, sometimes sometimes life just presents you with a thing, and then from out of the ether, these words to to name it come. And that was definitely one of those times for me. Listening to songs like a theme song and swoon, you you amazingly get your voice and instruments and all kinds of different instruments in just the right place. How do you do that? Is that, that has to take a lot of work. Yeah, it takes an extremely long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, as you're kind of alluding to, I I record and produce my, my music and um, the genesis of that was just, uh, you know, having ideas for songs and for recordings and trying to work with producers and, there always being that gap between what I was hearing in my head and um, the thing that I was able to communicate to other people. 
And so eventually I decided to start doing it myself. And yeah, it, um, I have the, the great, uh, fortune to be able to do it full time and to be able to do it in my home. And so it's a thing that I can, you know, get up every day and spend eight hours on, but, um, it takes every minute of those eight hours a day to get, to get it in the right spot. So you mentioned hearing something in your head. So you hear this sort of, I don't know, sound or mm-hmm. rhythm or connection between them. And then what do you have to do? You have to just try different elements till you snap your fingers and say that works. Yeah, it's a it's a million different things. So Swoon is a good example. Swoon started with um, a, an idea for a, a groove between the bass and the drums. And I recorded that and then. Um, you know, added elements on top of that. And kind of my, my, my approach to producing music is to kind of think of it as a sculpture. So you, you just put everything onto it. You put any idea that comes into my head, I'll spend hours or days just recording. And then, um, then the rest of the time is really just spent taking things away until all that's left is things that I couldn't bear to take away. And um, usually doing it that way kind of leaves room for everything to to fall into place. But yeah, I I'm I know these are all very vague answers. Um, but I'm, my my process is very intuitive and and not very technical. So I don't um, I don't really know how it ends up getting to where it gets. You know, the the newest release, Work Tape, mm-hmm. that is some different versions of previous songs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically um, it's basically like an hour and a half long um, podcast of me like playing um, demos and early versions of um, songs from my last two records, and uh, you know, there's recordings from in the car, in the shower, in an elevator, um, and. The funny thing about it now is like when I was making those recordings, I never thought anyone would hear them. And so (laughs) there's kind of this like retroactive voyeurism to the project. Um, But I think it's good to like, I think as an artist, it's good to make yourself uncomfortable. And I was extremely uncomfortable like uh, putting it together and thinking, oh, people are going to hear like how bad all this (laughs) stuff sounds like at the beginning. But, um, But like resisting that temptation to make everything perfect and and giving people kind of that insight into um on the one hand how much work goes into a thing but then on the other hand how accessible the starting point is like pretty much anybody could sound like i sound at the beginning of the process you know and the the difference is just like spending the time Mm -hmm. to get it to the end of the process i have not seen you perform live I've talked I'm sorry. to people. Well, I know I am too. I've talked to people who have, and I get the sense the live show is as meticulously thought about, and you have as many options as when you're putting together the audio version. That's that's definitely true. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot to it. I, so for people who haven't seen me, uh, I I perform uh, alone on stage, and so I'm running around playing a bunch of different instruments. And um, there's like multimedia component and a light show and all this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I kind of think of it as a 
as being kind of like a magic show. I really wanted to be a magician <laughs> when I was a kid. Really? And yeah, yeah. And so um, magic, obviously, I think the two kind of like big things that make magic work, obviously, everybody knows misdirection. But then the other piece is doing a thing that's actually simple, but the trick is that nobody would think you took the route to get there that you took. And um, that's that's very much how I feel about my show. Do you yeah. feel a responsibility as an artist? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, just in, in general, yes. Um, I think in the main, my like my journey from being someone in the audience to someone on the stage was very much from uh, the perspective of, of a very quiet, shy person. In my, in my ordinary life, when I'm not on stage, I don't like to make a lot of noise. I don't like to take up a lot of room. To, to the extent, actually, that after a show, I don't know if you've ever like had a, an argument in public or something like that or had a reason to yell in a quiet place, and then that that tension that you feel in your body, like, wow, I just... Adrenaline, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After every single show, I feel that. We're just like, I was just really loud for a long time. I need to, like, sit. But um, to to answer your question, I think egalitarianism is very important to me. And so if I find myself in a room and I'm the one with the microphone and everybody else has to be quiet and listen to what I say, I do feel... Mm as though there's a responsibility there to then a say things that matter beyond like, look at me, love me. Look, I'm so talented. Um, but also to, to speak for, for people, speak on behalf of people who aren't in the room. Mobley performs tonight at Meteor Guitar Gallery as a guest of Sonic Guild. Doors open at 7. Randall Shreve takes the stage at 8. Then Mobley will begin at 9. The show is free, but RSVP is required through the Sonic Guild NWA sessions at Eventbrite. Our conversation took place yesterday afternoon in the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio. And we'll hear more from Mobley and more about how Sonic Guild assisted him and what that assistance meant on an edition of Ozarks at Large next week. And this is 91.3 KUAF. This show today could not have come together without the contributions of Michael Tilley, Becca Martin-Brown, Robert Bishop, Sophia Narani, Matthew Moore, Jacqueline Froelich, and the news team at Little Rock Public Radio, KUAR. I'm Kyle Kellams. Thank you for being with us. Crystal Bridges invites guests to experience the classical compositions of renowned musicians at the Van Cliburn Concert Series this fall. It will feature performances by award-winning pianists Vadim Kaladinko and Joyce Yang, two live concerts bringing masterful melodies to Bentonville. Tickets and more at crystalbridges.org. Theater Squared presents Dial M for Murder, August 16th through September 10th. Love and murder intertwine in this theatrical adaptation of the thriller with Blackmail, Betrayal, and Scotland Yard's Best Detective. Tickets at 777-7477 or theater2.org.